can't skip steps. Can't be like, I'm just going to start trying to make more money out the gate. Well, you didn't limit your spending first. So that's going to be a problem. I'm going to start investing out the gate. I'm just going to skip all the other steps that Marcus just talked about. I'm just going to start investing right now. You're going to be going into that investment account and trying to take the money out as soon as you have an emergency, which literally defeats the purpose of investing in the first place. You have to do all those things in order or it's going to be it's going to be out of whack and you're going to be hustling backwards. And it's basic. It's not starting some LLC and go get business funding. Nah, later for all that TikTok financial advice. Later for that. What's good, everybody? This is Marcus from Black Mary Death Free, and you are checking out our quick cast. Let's get it. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Quick Cast, powered by Black Married and Dead Free. The Quick Cast is a midweek dose of our Black Married and Dead Free podcast, where my wife and I, Shira Murray, talk about anything ranging from marriage to finance. Really, it's your number one stop shop. It's the number one marriage and finance podcast in the game. It's a just I'm just gonna keep it hundred with you. Um, but anyway, we talk about how we were able to pay off six figures of debt a few years back and how since then we've been investing in real estate out of state and also putting away in the stock market a third of our income uh, in pursuit of early retirement. Man, we trying to get up out of here. We want to be done with this whole work thing, but it's a process. It's a process. And there's a lot happening in the economy that, uh, you know, you have to navigate. Many of you have goals. Maybe it's to pay off or pay down your debt. Maybe it's to pay off or pay down your student loans. Maybe it's to build wealth for your kids. Maybe it's to get into real estate investing. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of things happening out there that uh, serve as hurdles for those goals. And what I like to do here on the quick cast is just to talk about different things going on in the economy, going on in pop culture so that, you know, you are able to consume them. So I like to cut them up into digestible pieces so that you can consume them and just know what's going on in our economy. So we got a lot to get to today. y'all. We got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, where to start? Where to start? Okay, let's start with a fun one or a lighthearted. It's not fun, but lighthearted. And it's not even lighthearted. It's just interesting. So, as we know, the writers' union and the actors are going on strike, right? They're going on strike. I did a whole podcast about this. They're striking because one, they want better wages, better pay. And also one of the big reasons is because the unknowns of AI as a actor, you sign over your name, image and likeness to the production company a lot of times. And all that means all that meant historically is we can use your um, we can use these shows in other capacities, like sell them to this network or we could, you know, sell it to this streaming service or whatever. Well, with the resurgence of AI, that name image likeness also, in essence, covers them being able to use you and your voice and your information in an AI capacity to where they can really like recreate you 
essentially with the technology with the cgi we could do a movie and we don't even need you because we have so much data on you that we can create a aiu essentially right and so they're striking to really be able to change the language so that that can't happen well the music industry an industry that many artists have lamented it has changed over my lifetime going from tapes and cds and physical your cd was uh your your music was a tangible product your your music was attached to a product it's something that needed to be manufactured something that you can touch feel smell taste well why would you want to taste it but you know what i mean right it went from that to something that you only can listen to that's it you could get it on your streaming service you know, and it really devalued the cost of music because there now there is no product attached to it. So artists have lamented what they get for streams, right? Um, I forgot who I was listening to, but they said "Happy," the song "Happy" from Pharrell that you could not escape a few years back. He showed one of his checks from Spotify from like a billion streams, right? And he got like it was like a five thousand dollar check, right? I don't know how accurate that is, but that just kind of goes to show you that artists aren't getting what they deserve. So many have said, why don't the artists strike? A lot of times, hey, man, if this entertainment sector is striking, right, video and visual and video, uh, visual media is on strike with the writers and actors, this would actually be a ideal time for the audio entertainment industry or the music industry to strike as well. Now, consumers have no new entertainment in the way of video or audio. Now you really got some power, right? But music is, there is no union. There is no collective unit uh, of people. So there always will be someone crossing the picket line and releasing music. You know, heck, I release music uh, in the in the instrumental field and if some of the big name artists went on strike that wouldn't do nothing but open up doors for people like me to pump more music into the ecosystem and unfortunately a lot of people would probably do that but this is the interesting thing I want to get to there's also the AI component in music and recently You've heard the craze of people being able to use to rap or sing in their voice and then through the power of AI infuse a real artist's voice like a Kanye or a Drake or insert any artist, Michael Jackson, whatever, and have them have their voice superimposed onto your voice. Well, there was a a producer that did this with a Drake and the weekend song, right? It's artificial. It's not really Drake. It's not really the weekend, but this song did crazy numbers on YouTube and on other platforms. And now it's being able to be submitted for consideration for a Grammy. Now this is unprecedented because this is not real. This is not a real Drake or a real weekend collaboration. So who's getting the Grammy? How is this possible? 
And so artists are really in an uproar. And this goes back to what I said earlier. Why not strike? Why not create some type of uh, artist union? Maybe you can go by genre, right? Hip hop R&B union or jazz uh, uh, artist union or country artist union and really do your due diligence to get the change you want to see. But unfortunately, music isn't as organized union wise as it appears the writers and the actors are. So it creates a world where things like this can happen. And it's really sad because the creativity suffers. The creative suffers behind stuff like this. Now, one could argue, hey, the dude who did the Drake and Weekend song is is being creative. So, but it's just, there's got to be some type of, just because it's lawful doesn't mean it's, it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't mean it's okay, right? It doesn't mean it's morally okay just because it's, you're not breaking a law or something like that. There's a difference. But anyway, I thought that was interesting and crazy. Now, we got to talk about this, y'all. This is as of 42 minutes ago on Yahoo Finance. Uh, boy, chess is being played in the world economic sector right chess not checkers i haven't really got into the whole brick thing where the countries are coming together to create their own currency to combat the dollar but we if you have kept your ear to the news feed at all you know that there's some jockeying for position if nothing else in regards to the united states and the dollar and other countries, right? United States is one is is the big bully on the block. Um, but there's chinks in the armor. There's chinks in the armor as far as politically. There's chinks in the armor as far as uh, the dollar is concerned, and there's chinks in the armor as far as just like civilly, like civil unrest right now, like. Let, 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 let's paint it a different way if I'm at school and there's a bully that terrorizes the whole school right and is heralded as this like he runs it and I'm sick of that right I'm going to look for opportunities to to get back at the bully right I don't want to be bullied I don't necessarily want to be a bully myself per se, but I'm tired of being picked on. Right. And to a certain extent, I feel like that's what's going on worldwide is that you, the U S while maybe bully is too strong of a term, we got our hands and everything, right? Just the fact that we have military bases on different parts of the world is crazy to me. Cause like, I couldn't imagine a Chinese military base, based out of California or something like that, like, or a Russian military base in New York. Like we would never let that happen. So that's like a bully move. Like, yo, man, we're going to set up shop right here. You know, this is how we're going to roll. We're going to have a base here, a base there. So what are you saying, Marcus? 
other countries are always looking for ways to like jockey for position, right? Let, let me get in on this. Why y'all got to have, why the dollar got to be the most powerful thing? Why y'all got to have the most millionaires? Why do y'all have to have the highest uh, GDP? Like I want some of that too. And so we know that China has been, we know how heavily reliant we are on China for producing mass quantities of product for the United States. I was talking to Shire the other day and I was like, China is in such a unique position because the, this generation doesn't know how to factory produce anymore. We would literally, if we wanted to like move away from China and go back to producing everything made in the United States, right? We literally would have to have another industrial revolution because the generation that knew how to factory, right? The generation that knew how to mass produce and run large factories when we had unions, when there was livable wage, when the United States became the superpower that we know today, we would, we literally, those people have died off or are too old. And we literally have had decades of outsourcing that workload to the point now where if we were to cut that off or be cut off from being able to have China and t to Taiwan and all these other countries mass produce our product, we would literally have to like, shoot, I got to figure this out again. How did we do this back in the, in the early 1900s again? How did we create the, 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 the factory industry? <laughs> we really got to like relearn that because we we've been so heavily relying on China to produce everything, your phones, your tennis shoes, freaking TVs, anything we have. We got China making it shoot. If you're an independent Etsy person, you get your stuff from China, right? You, if you got a t-shirt hustle, a company, you are probably getting all your t-shirts from China uh, via Timu or, uh, or Alibaba or whatever, you know what I mean? So that's a big part of business in the United States. And China knows this and China's jockeying for position at this point. And China just dropped the mic checkmate. Apple loses more than 200 billion of its value in a market route. What happened, Marcus? Well, more than 200 billion has been wiped off the value of Apple following reports that China has banned government officials from using iPhones at work. Apple's share price dropped more than 3 PC on Thursday, making a second day of sharp falls after the Wall Street Journal reported that Chinese authorities had banned officials from using the company's smartphones. The California headquarter company, Apple, shares price has now fallen 7.3 PC since Tuesday, wiping more than 200 billion from its market value. Marcus, well, who cares? What does that have to do with me? Well, I'll tell you what it has to do with you. 
Apple, we've seen a great year in the market, right? S&P 500, NASDAQ, all of those, we've seen a better year than last year, much better. Much of that because of Apple. Apple has essentially been propping up our market this entire year. Apple is literally the number one company in the United States, probably the number one company in the world. And it has been because it has been doing good. Essentially, the market overall has been doing good. And with this move here, something as simple as China doing this, saying, hey, government officials, we no longer go on Apple. We rocking with Android. We rocking with Samsung going forward. If you have an Apple device, you will be terminated. Just that move right there has sent shockwaves through number one, Apple, causing them to, to their market value to drop $200 billion. In in seven days or in four days, and that has affected the overall stock market because Apple was the number one big dog on the market. So this is definitely something to keep an eye on. I don't know if this is just a little, you know, a little uh, jab from China. I don't know what's going on. But I know China is in the BRIC coalition with, you know, South Africa and the other countries that are looking to create their own currency. This is this is interesting. So it goes on to say U.S. Representative Mike Gallagher accused China of unfairly punishing Western businesses in an effort to promote local competitors. I'm not mad at it. He goes on to say this is textbook Chinese Communist Party behavior promote PRC national champions in telecommunications and slowly squeeze Western company market access American tech companies seeking to cozy up to the CCP must realize the clock is ticking. He told Reuters the crackdown threatens to hit Apple Apple's wider business which generates 19 PC of its annual revenue from China. Curbs come as global demand for new smartphones slump. Sales have dropped to their lowest point in decades as China's stalling economy has hit consumer spending. Apple is also facing its largest smartphone sales slump since 2016. The company is hoping to revive demand with the launch of the new iPhone 15 next week. This is what I'll say about Apple. They make the best phones. It's not even a question. This is from a long-term Android user. I didn't get the iPhone for years, decades, not decades, but about a decade. Once I got it, it was life-changing. They make amazing computers. The, The iPads are incredible. They make an amazing product. But one thing I don't love is the price point. And for you could get two or three Android phones for the same price as an iPhone. And that's a problem. That's a problem. When I recently went to see about upgrading, because I know the 15 is coming out, iPhone 15 is coming out. 
So I said, well, let me look at the 14 or the 13. Yeah, that should come down, right? A couple of dollars. So I went in there and I think I was trying to actually get the 13. And I said, yo, how much is the iPhone 13? You know, the large one. I want to need some more space on my phone. So they type it on their calculator and, you know, it's like, it's going to be 890 something. I'm like, so $900? He's like, yeah. I'm like, man, I'm not. My my phone just became more sexy in that moment. Because I was like, you know what? Phone, you're not so bad after all. I'm not giving you $800 for a phone. I'm just not going to do it. And I'm sure that the new ones cost more than that. And people are probably saying, well, 800 is about right. Not for me, it's not. I will go back to a flip phone before I give you, sir, or you, Mr. Apple, $800 to $900 for a doggone phone. And that's me. That's that's coming from Mr. Mr. Stingy. So, but anyway, this is definitely something something to look at. Your money is being affected if your money's in the market by things like this. So these these are things that you have to at least be aware of, right? I'm not saying now what do you, you know you do anything because this happened, but this is something to keep in in your mind's eye, and you definitely want to want to know what's going on with this whole Apple and China beef. Um, let's see what else we got here. I did want to talk about this before we get out of here. Um, I saw this article on y'all finance. I thought it was very interesting. I've talked at length and I kind of stopped talking about it because I talked about it so much. I just felt like all right, it's time to just, just see what happens here. I talked at length on these quick casts about interest rates and the fed raising the rates and, historically how they usually pivot and when they pivot and start bringing the rates down that's usually like what is what is going to be a sweet spot because they they're pivoting because they got their desired result which is home prices dropping inflation dropping and so now they start bringing the interest back to a number that is doable right right now no one's buying they're trying to like freeze buying right now that's how high interest is currently but that takes that takes time that takes time and if you study all of the recessions before the pivot comes is like the worst part of the recession then they start pivoting really in an effort to make to they they create recessions with the interest Right. If you look at the chart, the, the, the worst of the recession correlates to the interest being super high. I'm not saying the interest causes the recession. Let me take that back. But when you look at the chart, the worst parts of the recession also have the highest point of interest. Coincidentally. Right. And then. They start bringing the interest down as an in an effort to say okay guys you can start buying again please start buying again because if you don't start circling money in through the economy we're going to go go to a depression which is worse than a recession right so i came across this article because we want we all want the fed to stop raising the rates and start bringing them down 
But this uh, economist brought to light that, yo, before they bring it down, there is significant economic pain that usually happens before they bring down the rates. So we haven't even gotten there yet. Right. So this let's go through this article. Investors are forgetting the pain before the pivot and failing to see the debt disaster ahead. Experts warn. So. Investors are forgetting how brutal the period before Fed rates rate cuts can be, according to Stephanie Pomboy. She's an economist. Rate hikes cause delayed damage and rate cuts don't work instantly. She says Pomboy expects the delayed impacts of higher rates to hammer households and businesses. You have to think of it like a wave. So when the Fed raises the interest, first of all, they're doing it mad slow, right? So they're doing it super slow. And we've to this point finally got it like to its peak, but it took them. They played with it for a year and like baby stepped us up to as high as it is now for like two years. So that whole time is like, come on, man, just do it. It's like ripping off a bandaid super slow. They finally are at a point where it's really, really high, like crazy high. But you're not going to we haven't seen what the high the effects of that high yet. It's like throwing a rock in the ocean there is going to take a long time for the ripple to really get going and we haven't even seen the ripple of it yet okay that's what she's pretty much explaining she goes on to say investors can't wait for the federal reserve to switch from raising interest rates to cutting them as they expect that to boost economic growth and send stocks higher they're overlooking the brutal fallout from the central bank central banks hikes that we or that will precede the policy shift so let's keep digging the markets don't seem to be anticipating the pain before the pivot they're just anticipating the pivot the impact on the economy and then the corporate and household credit situation will be so severe that they'll take rates down dramatically she said in response to inflation hitting 40 year highs last year, the Fed has lifted its benchmark interest rate from almost zero to five within the last 18 months. Like I said before, higher rates can curb price growth by pushing people to save instead of spend and by raising borrowing costs for households and businesses. But they can also temper demand drag down asset prices and trigger a recession we've been i've been talking about this for months that that just go ahead and trigger it so we can recover right <clears throat> why are we still talking about a recession and recession we should have already had the dog on recession and been on our way out of the recession but they want to baby step the interest rate so much that we're still having this conversation people think the recession's over and per this lady and per the metrics, we haven't even got seen the worst of it yet because they keep playing with the rates. So it says inflation slowed at about 3% in June, July, not far from the Fed's 2% target. And the economy has been showing signs of cooling too. 
The backdrop has fueled anticipation among investors that rates will come down soon, but they're likely to be caught off guard by the delayed impact of the hikes so far. I hope you guys understand that. It's pretty self-explanatory, but I like how they broke that down. She goes on to say that story is very much in front of us and this market feels like it's rallying on hope and very little of actual fundamentals. I talked about how this year was been a way better year in the market than last year. Part of that is because like, yo, man, we don't want two bad years. So people are like more, more optimistic this year. Right. You have a terrible year last year where your returns are negative in the teens in the stock market. Uh, I'm using the S&P 500, for example. But then this year, it's like at 10 percent because people are just like ready for change. So that creates a faux optimism, a hope. So she's saying the rally is based on hope and very little actual fundamentals. I like I like what she's saying here. She goes on to say many households and businesses had locked in lower rates, but a growing number will have to serving a service debt requiring far higher interest payments soon. We know that the student loan is coming back and a lot of these adjustable rate mortgages that folks got is going to cause people to foreclose because they're not going to be able to pay these new, these new inflated mortgages. It's just not going to be, it's not possible. Palm boy who worked at ISI for over a decade before starting her own investment research firm in 2002 added Weakest links in the credit chain are far more vulnerable than many people think. I'm going to end it with this. She says it takes a long time for people to get over the scars that they build up during that decline. She said about the painful impact of steeper rates and economic downturn. People are licking their wounds. I understand what she's saying. It's like we when they when they want what what causes a recession is people stop buying. Right now they want people to stop buying because the buying causes inflation. But there comes a point. It's like have you ever like turned a wheel? You need to turn the wheel, right? To avoid something bad on the road, right? There's something in the middle of the road. I need to turn this wheel to avoid it. But then you turn too hard. And when you try to turn back, now you have to turn too hard back. And now you have to turn too hard. And before you know it, you're spinning. That that, that spin is a recession. Or a depression, right? What the Fed is doing, they turn the wheel but you have to be able to turn the wheel and not overturn and be able to get yourself back aligned on the road so that you're not, you don't spin out. We're going to spin out is what she's saying. We haven't started spinning yet, but it's going to happen. You think you have control. We think we believe we're gaining control of the wheel, but she's saying that is based on hope and not necessarily fundamentals. So this is definitely something to look at, y'all. We have to go back to basics. This is what I'm going to say. And I'm going to get out. Of, I'm going to get out of here. We have to go back to the basics, man. We got to stop giving everybody our money. I don't care if their word black is attached to it. 
that doesn't mean you get my money because you figured out how to market to the community. That's number one. We got to stop spending so much money. We have to start living within our means. We have to put debt payoff at the forefront because that's going to be our biggest asset in the try in trying times. Me and Shire would literally be in, ter- in a lot worse shape right now in our lives if we didn't pay off our debt in 2017. Period. Point blank. We wouldn't be on here talking about nothing, none of this if we didn't pay off our debt in 2017. I don't care if we were able to find some hack and make money. I don't care if we were like really big content creators. It doesn't matter. None of that would matter if we didn't pay off our debt. We would not be talking to you all on this microphone. We would be living paycheck to paycheck like everybody else, struggling, frustrated, lightweight, could be on the brink of divorce for all I know. But us making a conscious decision to prioritize paying off debt in 2017 has literally served. Can't even put into words how beneficial that is to us. In a time like this, when we're talking about a recession now, we're talking about hyperinflation. We're talking about everything going up. We have to get back to those basics. Yes, we want to make more money. We make more money now than we have in any other time in human history. But if you're spending crazy, it doesn't matter how much you make. So we have to get the discipline and the basics of spending within our means, paying down debt, having an emergency savings. And emergency savings is there for when, not if, but when you need an emergency, you can get in, you can tap into that instead of going to get a credit card with 20 to 30 percent interest on it. You see what I'm saying? It's not about credit. Credit needs to be the last thing we're thinking about right now. We need to think about limiting our expenses, the simplicities of it, limiting our expenses, trying to increase our income if we can, not creeping the lifestyle when we do do that, paying down debt, saving, having emergency savings. And the one thing that you should be doing right now as the bottom of the list is investing for the future if you can you got to do all those other things first you can't skip steps you can't be like i'm just gonna start trying to make more money out the gate well you didn't limit your spending first so that's gonna be a problem i'm gonna start investing out the gate i'm just gonna skip all them other steps that marcus just talked about i'm just gonna start investing right now you're gonna be going into that investment account And trying to take the money out as soon as you have an emergency, which literally defeats the purpose of investing in the first place. So what I'm trying to say is you have to do all those things in order. Or it's going to be it's going to be out of whack and you're going to be hustling backwards. And it's basic. It's not starting some LLC and go get business funding. Nah, later for all that. TikTok financial advice later for that because we need to buckle our seatbelts 
because we're going as bad as we think it's been now. The metrics are showing that it's going to get worse and we want to be prepared for that. So when we come out, we can ride the, the wave of growth and and increase coming out of that. But if you're so if you're crushed during this tough period, you're going to never be able to recoup and you'll never then be able to reap the benefits of when we come out of the recession, which is could be eight to 10 years of good market and great growth. Right. We want to be we want to be in that number, just like the people who caught the wave after the 0809 recession to current. That whole fire community that was birthed out of that wave, we want to be a part of the next wave. So we have to do our best to hold tight during this crunch that's inevitable. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. If you did, do me and do Shire a huge favor and leave us a five star review. We're going to holler at y'all on the next one. Peace.